Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why has no one booked Flynn versus Blackman? Flynn would die. Yeah, but what a way to go. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all bow before D. Mabel. Here it comes, here comes the On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome everyone to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic Holt Wait. I will have your attention, please. Please be advised that severe weather, including lightning, is within the immediate vicinity of Raymond James Stadium at this time. We are asking that all fans seek shelter on the covered concourse nearest your seats. In clement weather, we have to wait for the weather to pass before we can continue this classic Raw review. Uh, shouldn't be more than five minutes. Did I cut a promo? Yeah, if you could, uh, could you just riff for a bit? I know we've given you very heavy scripts for the past 20 years, but if you could just riff now and be great, that'd be grand. Oh, um, okay, what's my motivation? What's my motivation? Um, so you want to beat the guy up really badly. Okay, um. Adam Pacitti, you listen to me, brother. I have had enough of you not listening to my ideas. And when I get you in the ring later tonight, when this storm passes and we get... All these threatening clouds out of the way. The only threat left will be me when I threaten you. And I get you in between the ropes. And I will rain down precipitation of strikes upon thee. <laughs> Where's that come from? Behind the curtain. We didn't plan this bit. This is a bit that, no. that we're both riffing. <laughs> well, now, well, now we've got to tell you, the audience. You've had that promo in your system for no, quite some time. For three years, I've been reading scripts on this show. That's this what is what we do. Loose. This is what we do. We let Justin off the off the chain. Hang on, I'm just I've just been informed by Poncho Joe that the rain is subsiding. Everyone's sitting back down. We can carry on. And as the other Goldholic lads are, <laughs> are enjoying the 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 fallout of WrestleMania 37, we are here via our Icapro powered DeLorean. Apparently, cutting fire promos in the year 1995, where we could only wish that it had been delayed or postponed. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former 
Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage. He's the head pen of Cultaholic. Doesn't need a pencil. Doesn't even need a pen apparently because he can get it right every time off the cuff. He's Justin Henry and he is off of America. My big question from WrestleMania is how does Shane McMahon get tired doing a promo? <laughs> there was that bit where they were riffing promos. Mm -hmm. um, uh, when Bobby Lashley and MVP turned up, Shane very much had that look on his face of the kid who had just completely bollocks the class presentation. <laughs> he was sweating during the promo. It was... I thought it started raining again. <laughs> Get that man a treadmill. Oh, what do we make of Mania? Because we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Uh, we are in the, the, the heady, hazy fallout. Justin Henry on American Time has had adequate sleep. I have resorted to a, a, a according to Alex, a plate-eyed student. Uh, to, <laughs> Alex, honest, I, I want to know what you thought of it, but Alex Blesser came home and I've just become this weird feral creature that's had about three hours sleep. She came home. I didn't even hear her come through the door and I've, my eyes are bugged out. Just going through my notes for raw graded. I've got a <clears> massive <throat> bag of Monster Munch and I'm just pushing them into my face because my body's craving salt and sugar. And <laughs> Alex just walks in, doesn't say a word and just stares at me as I've got this jumper covered in crisps. Just going, I'm sorry, I just really needed some food. <laughs> I've just become this feral creature, more so than normal. Uh, so I enjoyed Mania. <laughs> How did you find it, Justin? <laughs> I thought it was mostly good. Some parts I didn't really like so much, but that's it is part of the Mania mixed bag. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that for like the last ten WrestleManias, because I, I do keep copious notes of match ratings and opinions on shows and all that for future list references and stuff like that. I would say this was the fourth best of the last ten WrestleManias. Wow, that's that's high praise. Not really when you consider so some of the Manias were. That's true. <laughs> right. But still, but, they, but, I, but I'm glad you said that because I I thought it was a special WrestleMania. <clears throat> uh, the the way I sort of like we had the first night, which was felt like quite emotional mm -hmm. to see fans back at the back at the stadium again, and Jimmy Vince's Lord. yeah Vince's promo, <laughs> Vince's promo mm -hmm. on the stage, Bianca Belair winning the big one. If you've not watched it yet, that's on you. Um, and then night two, where it was just almost like the the Empire Strikes Back to Night One's Return of the Jedi, but in the other order. It just the way I described it was Night One was ecstatic, Night Two was emphatic. Like this is that was the welcome back party, and now it's like right, this is where we're going going forward. Did you get that vibe? I looked at it more like it was Full Metal Jacket, where the first half was a lot of fun and the second half is kind of just dreary. <laughs> I mean that that as well. That as well. I wonder how well it would have how well it would have looked in the in the history of of time had it been just one night as opposed to two but with all the same results i prefer a one night show if, if you shorten it like i mean you can max out at four hours as far as i'm mm. concerned just do a one night show one straight shot especially in non-pandemic time so i can have a party again have friends over yeah it's as i don't need it split in half i really don't I think it's accepting the fact that whilst it's amazing that there was the, this period of time where everybody got a match at WrestleMania, whether it was a battle royal or something else, it's accepting that point that, you know what, in order to create the best product we can, not everybody gets a night at WrestleMania. And, and, that's, just, that's, and that's easy for me to say because I'm not kind of buying my next car on the 
paycheck that comes from a WrestleMania. But I feel like as a fan, as a consumer, I would rather have... Like, if every champion doesn't get onto WrestleMania, that's okay, as long as the three and a half hours, four hours that are presented are engaging, entertaining matches. Well, I think 17 showed you that you can have 11 matches in four hours and have it not... Have it be the opposite of suck. Of course, that... Yeah. I think, mean, you could have anywhere from eight to 11 matches as long as you structure them right. As long as you're pacing them and you, mm. yeah, yeah, I think they can do it. But, but that was WrestleMania 37, night one and night two, graded on the YouTube channel right now, as are the WTF moments. Reactions later in the week. But we've got, we've got to check that. We've got to put that in the pocket over there, Justin, because we've got to go back to 1995 for Monday Night Raw from the new generation era. It feels like a while since we've dipped our toe into these particular waters before justin henry goes through uh, the rigors of this week's episode of monday night raw where and when are we for it by the way justin uh it is a brand new live taping well most of the show is live we'll get to that in a moment this aired live on monday june 5th 1995 my brother's birthday from the high school in struthers ohio which is that is a 95 phrase right there from the <laughs> high school in Struthers, Ohio. Some of the Raymond, best places here. Raymond James, it ain't. <laughs> I think somebody called Raymond James went there. I think Raymond <laughs> James was doing was doing math in 1995 at this point. You mispronounced meth. <laughs> uh, to to get, give you a little idea of what's happening in the wrestling world this particular week, King of the Ring round the corner. And hey, that little show in Philly at the Core State Spectrum, doing all right at the box office. 11,000 tickets reportedly sold. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I know, right? 11,000 suckers. Dave Meltzer of The Observer says it'll probably be the largest crowd for a wrestling show in the US since SummerSlam in Chicago last August. What are they doing, mate? There's obviously a passion to see King of the Ring. This is definitely the ship reason. of false theory. <laughs> <laughs> certainly is. Certainly is. Uh, but more WWF news in a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, over in Dub C Dub, Ted Turner's met with Eric Bischoff today on the 5th of June in Atlanta. No word, no word on anything that's come out of that meeting. I wonder what they were talking about. I think history will tell us that there was in and around this time, probably a little bit before this time, a very crucial meeting that took place between Ted that Turner was, and Eric that Bischoff. That was the meeting. That was that, the meeting, wasn't that it? What, Monday, June 5th, 1995, is a day that will live in wrestling lore forever. So, for those who don't know, Justin, as our uh, honoured and treasured wrestling historian, what is the meeting? Well, that's when Ted Turner sat down with some of his department heads, as well as Eric Bischoff. and, and, and cause, Because at this point in Ted's seven years of owning the company, Dub C Dub, as you so call it, has not turned a profit. And after having Hulk Hogan there for a year now and Randy Savage for the last six months, not a major dent has been made. They've had, they've had some buy rates go up with Hogan's presence, but overall, there's still a distant second behind the WWF. And Turner wanted answers. He asked Bischoff, why aren't we beating WWF? Why aren't we competing with them? And Bischoff basically told him, because I don't have TV on Monday nights. And Ted Turner looked at Scott Sassa. One of the other department heads in the company who did who had no time for wrestling in his in, in his taste and and in his work said, "Give this man two hours on Monday nights." 
which, which, which I should say that, that phrase has been used a lot, but what that Nitro was only one hour to begin with, but there's also one hour replay late in the night. That's what that's what the second hour was at the time. That's that's what that particular line means for, yes. for those mm. who were curious. Uh, Eric Bischoff has talked about this meeting on the 83 Weeks podcast a couple mm. of times. It's come up and and he says it was kind of just sort of calling Ted Turner's bluff in a way. It wasn't meant as a fully legitimate answer to the question where Ted said, what do we need to do to beat WWF? And he was like, hey, we need Monday Night TV. And so Ted went, all right, there you go. And Bischoff talks about going back to, to his office and going like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like completely unexpected Ted Turner to, 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 for lack of a better term, call his bluff and give him a show on a Monday night. And not, we not will just keep... that, not just that, but to put it on TNT, which was, we which should... was seen as a mind blowing thing for the people who work for Turner, because you have TNT and you have TBS. TNT was the prestige channel, like NFL football, NBA basketball, miniseries, classic movies. Just that was like the elegant channel in in, in the eyes of the Turner people. TBS was the backwoods redneck channel that aired wrestling on Saturday nights and Atlanta Braves baseball and old episodes of of, um, the Andy Griffith show. And that was the blue collar redneck channel. So to put wrestling on TNT rather than its usual TBS home was like he thought they were sullying the waters that Turner had lost his mind. The people worked for work for him, but they had to make it work and they had to make make wrestling prestigious, make it fit the TNT motif. How will they do? I guess we'll find out, won't we? Ah, they'll get crushed. Ah, it won't last long. They're flashing <laughs> the pan. Uh, other WCW news: Brian Pillman's had a rough week. Um, now, this comes from The Observer. They sort of sum up the week that was for Brian Pillman. He was involved in a very nasty custody battle over his four-year-old daughter with an ex-girlfriend. So on the 26th of May, uh, Brian Pillman's ex-girlfriend failed to show up to pick up her daughter for a weekend visitation. There was no call. There was no contact. Just vanished. Uh, there was still no sign a couple of days later. So Brian Pillman went to find her, went to uh, what is described in The Observer as some bad neighborhoods in Cincinnati. The police saw someone mingling with unsavory types, pulled him over, didn't believe his story that he was looking for somebody by showing them photos. They ended up searching uh, Brian Pillman's minivan and his person. They found a blue pill, a prescription anti-inflammatory drug, uh, but no container, no, no notifications of this. And as a result, was booked. He refused to do a breathalyzer test, so he was also booked and charged with uh, a DUI. He pled not guilty the following day. Uh, hearing was set for the 3rd of August. That may be brought forward at this time. Dave says Pillman then volunteered to take a drug test to clear his name, results of which were resulted results of which were he was released on the 5th of June. He came out clean and apparently he had a prescription for the back pill, although there is still a DUI to be dealt with. Tough week in the life of Brian Pillman here, Justin. Yeah, the story of him looking for his girlfriend, I know that doesn't have a very happy ending at all. And uh, Pillman's gone through a lot at this point with family matters and frustrated with his professional life. I, I have the um, biography of Pillman. I, 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 I want to know the author's name. It's Liam. Liam O'Rourke. Liam O'Rourke. Thank you. Thank you. He is what I do. And I love this because and I always boast about this. He's one of my best friends in the world is Liam O'Rourke. I'm, I'm oh, my God. Do you want, would you like to watch a video later of the author of Crazy Like a Fox punching me in the balls? It could, you could have said anybody else there. Anyone at all, and I would have said, like, sure. 
It happened at a wrestling show. It was a real thing that happened. I would be delighted. I will send it you later, and if you want it, you can tweet me for it or John Wiley. But, but on the, the um, but, but yeah, on the Pillman story, I, I was reading up specifically on his late WCW life and in, in, in Liam Moore's wonderful, wonderful book, Creature Like a Fox, which if you've, you've never read it, is highly recommended. Um, I'd love to get him on this for something one day. If there's if there's a, an extra special episode that does stuff with Brian Pillman, mm-hmm. I think we should get Liam on. I think he'd be up for it. There's definitely a lot of angst and a lot of tragedy in Pillman's life at this time, and this is when he, this is when he begins to change over sort of from flying Brian California Brian to uh, the loose cannon that came to define him in, in his final years, and there may have been some real life uh, issues that really really uh, steered him in that direction of manic madness. Not not to say that that's 100 percent true, but you could see. You can see him changing before your eyes in this period. And it's just a shame that he had to go through what he had to go through because it's I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but more about this in The Observer, if you wanted to find out more about it, some advanced reading in uh, the June 12th edition of the 1995 Wrestling Observer. Uh, over to... Um, oh, one more bit for WCW, actually. Little Richard is being negotiated with to appear at a WCW pay-per-view in L.A., possibly to be in Johnny B. Bad's corner. I'm assuming there's some sort of twin magic they're hoping to do during a match with Johnny B. Bad. <clears throat> yes, the baddie twins. <laughs> Give them both bad blasters. That would be a lovely day. Whatever it was, it must have fallen through because, A, he never appeared, and, B, I do not recall them ever holding a pay-per-view in L.A. Nah, it's, it just this doesn't seem like a thing that ever happened, but it's nice to give a note that they were at least reaching out to Little Richard to do stuff with Johnny B. Bad. WrestleMania 10 legend. Exacto mundo, mon brav. Uh, in the WWF, Steve Williams in Connecticut for a meeting. Uh, yet to accept a deal, the door is very much open for him to come in as a world-beating heel. Uh, Dave in The Observer says he has some personal and business issues, which makes him not want to go on the road at present, and is probably waiting to find out when he can return to Japan, so doesn't want to make a decision <clears throat> just yet. Dustin Rhodes will likely be in as well, but also not a done deal. We talked about Dustin Rhodes being approached with a Stargate character last week there is still some discussion going on there also there's been some talks with one shane douglas he was backstage at the raw taping this past week apparently douglas has been accepted into medical school although not until 1996 so he wants something to do between now and 96 well, he can show his education in other ways <laughs> oh that's that's what happened isn't it <clears throat> oh, yes. that, that that is what happened two words failing grade <laughs> <laughs> some notes from this particular taping of monday night raw there's one really crucial thing that happened on this show that i'm actually going to touch on a little later on so i'm going to park a bit of this for when we get to a particular point in the show but i wanted to mention a uh, big love to techno team 2000 who uh, had themselves a match at the raw taping that was so bad they blew so many moves they were told to go back out to the ring and do it again <laughs> God love them. God love Techno Team 2000. Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's it's so bizarre that he had no bright future whatsoever. And his last name was Watts. Yeah. It's weird. Sometimes the apple really does fall very far from the tree. No, I was making an electricity joke. Watts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> his first name was Lakov. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so Techno team, look, look, look forward to that. Apologies for sandbagging your joke there. I feel like I've, I'll tell you what, I'll go out and record it again. Um, Sin Tatonka had on this taping. I won't give too many details away because there'll probably be matches that we'll talk about down the road. Uh, but Sid and Tatonka fight the head shrinkers in a match that Dave gives two stars to. There's also a ladder match coming up featuring Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon that gets three and three quarters. I know. Some well, good matches. Is that from the taping itself? This was on the night. <clears throat> so these may be matches that we see. I don't think we see let, them. It's probably, when, it's probably one of Dave's minions sending him the ratings because he does do that sometimes. He just posts their ratings and takes their word for it. Oh, like, <clears throat> it's not the official ones. You have Diesel versus Mo, and if the guy at the arena says it's five stars and Dave's going to print, this was a five-star match. Oh, see, in the 90s, I would have probably tried to win the favor, curry the favor of one Dave Meltzer, just so I could go to a show and go, yeah, Mo and Karma had a five-star match. <laughs> and then it will forever be in the books as a five-star match. <laughs> yes, I've never seen Mo throw a space-flying tiger drop before. <laughs> they went an hour, and the crowd were just on their feet the whole time. <clears throat> And they're crouching, we deserve better. <laughs> Actually, no, in 95, they were chanting, we deserve this. <laughs> we deserve this. Yes, they're very self-loathing. <laughs> so that's how the wrestling world looks this week. A few more notes as we go through the show, but they'll throw it right now to Justin Onori, who will talk <coughs> us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, we start off with a goddamn blimp flying outside. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me was hoping this was a scene from from Black Sunday, but no, it's Raw instead. <laughs> Black Monday instead. <laughs> is, is we learned that Kerwin Sylvie's is flying this plane or this blimp, this dirigible. Now, Which, does that name? What's that? What's the the significance of that name, Kerwin Sylvie's? He was the director in the truck. Oh. Who was you? Who was just let go this past? Uh, in, in Black Wednesday last year, or as part, as part of the general... He was there for like 35 years in the company. Oh, of course he was. So he was so, a blimp driver as well. I know. It's, I guess he had to furlough the blimp too. <laughs> I'd like to think that it's just parked up on his driveway now. <laughs> well, we assume he was flying it, although I'm dubious <laughs> as of this claim. It might have been Vince having a little joke with himself. Mm-hmm. Kerwin Sylvie's, of course, was also the inspiration for the Kerwin White name that Chavo Guerrero had in 2005 during a very regrettable gimmick change. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that definitely happened. Rib on old Kerwin. <laughs> Meanwhile, as the blimp flies overhead, we see Bob Backlund campaigning outside these Struthers High School. <laughs> this is very much like, like one of those crazy homeless people that you see just like street preaching. It has that vibe to it. There is something quite special about it. Yeah, Bob Backlund channeling the energy of Reverend Jim from Taxi. I'm waiting I'm I'm for Bob to go. What does a yellow light mean? Slow down. What does a yellow light mean? Slow down. What? <laughs> the sheer brilliance of that scene. God bless Christopher Lloyd. But anyway, so Backlund, Backlund calls the people lazy and says that, that, that they're all dependent on the government. I don't know he's entirely wrong here. No, I think he's he's pretty bob on, to be fair. <laughs> so he's just going sorry, on about... Sorry, America. 
Apologies, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> so they run down a little bit of the show. We got Bulldog versus Owen in a King of the Ring qualifier, and they play Birth of Age generic music over over the um over the promo shot of it. I'm glad you noticed that. Was that hmm. a mistake? No, I think it was just just generic background music that they used for Bertha one time because they, they had to give her something. And then, so, it was, uh, so it was just background music they just had in general. Yeah, just like a, a, a generic Jim Johnson compilation for like bumpers or whatever you may need it for. Hmm. Yeah. Being the nerd that I am, I do appreciate a little um, minutois like that. Yeah, it's a nice little touch. It's a nice little touch. Back in the arena, Vince. Welcome to the highest rated regular television series on cable television. And you know. He's not just talking to have his ass this time because apparently Raw last week with, with Taker versus Jarrett did a monster rating, like the highest in Raw's history to that point. What do you attribute that to? Taker. Is that just, just Undertaker just being a draw? Half Undertaker, half people just too tired to move on Memorial Day in front of their TVs. Like, ah, I just leave it on. <laughs> oh, it's Undertaker. We like him. Um, Why not? It's... Oh, it's Undertaker. He's uh, He's timeless. He is, and he would go on to prove that. On tonight's show, we have Savio making his Raw debut. We've got the Body Don is debuting. Jean-Pierre Lafitte in action. This is the most 95 show you could possibly put together. It, do you know what? I was thinking that. It is incredibly 1995. And it was, um, they, as, as, as they were running down the card, they said, oh, coming up, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. And Jerry Lawler went, I like him because his surname's Lafitte. And... <laughs> Obviously, we're watching these as they're uh, on a week by week basis, so we're not mm-hmm. watching superstars or anything else with it. And I just kind of went, "Hey, is that?" And and then it took about thirty seconds where I went, "Oh, I know what tonight is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard of this. I've heard the rumors. I've heard the stories. I've read the scriptures." <laughs> the tea leaves fell into place properly. Because. <laughs> mm. We plug Bulldog Owen again, and, and it's also going to be a Brett interview tonight. And yes, it will be Bret Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler and the 1995 King of the Ring in a Kiss My Foot match. <laughs> this is a thing. This is a thing. And Jerry Lawler is all about the insteps and the toes now. That's all he went to talk about, his goddamn feet. This is just... It's like like TikTok with that weird Bugs Bunny trend at the moment. It's got weirdly, it's got weird feet fetish vibes as Monday Night Raw this week. Or, or is it called in your land a kiss my meter match? <laughs> See metric humor, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I'm glad you're on fire because I'm knackered. I'm glad that you're having a, a, a five-star performance this week. It'd be six in the Tokyo Dome. I'm just saying. So, so, so <laughs> I'm is, exhausted and you're so winning, so mate. So what you're saying is I'm Bad Bunny and you're Damien Priest. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm. I am I am very much the Damien Priest to your Bad Bunny this week. Mm. Bust out a codebreaker in a minute, mate. You just stand on the apron and, and, let, and let your back rest. I'll, I'll, I'll do the stuff with Miz and Morrison here. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Not I'll do anyway. the bow and arrow thing. I'm not mocking Priest. He apparently had a back injury, and and Bunny held his own for a long time in that match. I just, oh, fair play to Bad yeah. Bunny. I, I I said it in in the in graded. I'll say mm. it again. Like I'm not saying that Bad Bunny has to be your favorite wrestler of all time. He's not. He's not my favorite wrestler. You don't have to love the guy or love his music. But I genuinely believe if you watch that and you don't think. 
fair play to him. If you don't even think, if you weren't even impressed by what he did, mm. I'm assuming you're a difficult asshole. Because I think even if you don't like him, and and not many people will, I would find it hard pressed to not be suitably impressed with a guy who came in as a celebrity who could have done a tenth of what he did if he wanted to, but chose to go, nah, doing all of it, mate. Impressive. Well, two thoughts about that. One, we got to give a lot of credit to Miz and Morrison for the way they sort Absolutely. of um, sort of walked him through the structure of a match because they're mm-hmm. the veterans. And whatever you feel about Miz, he's had hundreds, over, probably over a thousand matches by now. He, he knows what he's doing to more of an extent than a lot of people would want to believe. And two, look at the epidemic in the last few years of first-timer matches. Bad Bunny, McAfee, Shaq to a degree, Ronda Rousey, D'Angelo Williams in TNA, the NFL player to face James Storm, Stephen Amell. Jeez. It's almost like wrestling fans coming out of the woodwork and showing love and respect for the craft. And going, yeah. let's just go for it. Let's just get ourselves. No one's coming in and expecting it to be like just a paycheck and clear it off. Like everyone's coming in and going, I want to impress people, sod it. And I love it. I love it. Well, the, the bar's set very high now with all these recent ones. And now when we get a celebrity that wrestles and they suck, it's going to be like a huge letdown. When Ozzy Osbourne wrestles in that cage match, if he doesn't do a 450, I'll be fuming. <laughs> Ozzy, you did a 450. I did a 450. <laughs> I'm not doing a 450, Sharon. <laughs> it won't be up there doing a fucking 450. I can't Ozzie. even count that high. As <laughs> you did a 450, I've blown a higher number than that. <laughs> do 450. I'll do it for 500,000 no more. <laughs> no, not the money. What? Sharon, I'm effed. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it! I fell on me fucking ass. <laughs> I'm, not really sure. I'm not sure Sharon's Bret Hart though, except she was the excellence of execution when she got Bill Ward out of Black Sabbath. Shooty boy, doing the shooting. I'm a Sabbath fan. That didn't make me happy. Anyway. <laughs> What does make me, well, I want to say happy here, but just not as annoyed. Savio Vega versus Kenny Kendall. This is oh, the, yeah. We learned that Savio is a Caribbean legend. <laughs> well, in a sense, yes, but if you, you have to call him TNT for that to be true. Um, okay. <laughs> but that was his name in, in, in down in Puerto Rico, it's TNT. Oh, oh, right, with you, with you. Yeah. But I think that yeah, they 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 they're kind of using it loosely, aren't they? The whole mm. well, he's he is he, he's that that's what he's called here, at least. Yeah, we we have to sell him to the audience by telling him, oh, he's a legend. Well, how about you show us? Yeah, I'm therefore. But the thing is, you set the bar really high by telling mm. us he's a legend. So I'm ready for him to to really steal the night here if he's a legend. Like, but there's no, hey, but there's no explanation as to why he's a legend. Like, what championships has he won? Who's he beaten? And how about how about you explain this to the audience rather than just have him come out and do his dance moves and throw strikes? Yeah, there seems to be a lack of uh, that explanation for mm. it. It seems. Well, 
as long as you don't put him in a like a big pay per view spot too soon, I'm sure they can work out the bugs bugs before then and have him ready for for a spot when he's ready, rather than push him to the moon too quickly and all that. Mm. So Kendall has this um he actually has a decent look for an enhancement talent and some decent character work here. I, I know very little about him though. No, I couldn't find much about him either, but I love him. Mm. He and, and, and for more for multiple reasons. <clears throat> Great look from from the game. Like he looks in good nick, he looks in good shape. And also, how many jobbers do you know jump the talent of off the bat? Fair play, Kenny Kendall. You get in there. You earn your cheddar. Get in there. I not loved just, him for that. Not just that, but he was he he, he was taunting them while doing strikes and trash yeah. talking in the corner. Like he was he he was good character work. Kenny Someone was just, there to get a job. <laughs> yeah, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you no, get places in life. You know, you show what's in your tray. Show your stuff. Uh, Hundred percent, hundred percent. Fair play to you, Kenny. Fair play to you. I mean, the the argument would suggest that you know you've got. There should have been more considerations to how this match goes down, because if you're trying to get Savio, because do you think about the position they're going to put Savio Vega in? And I, I know we we try not to use the power of Bruce Foresight, but um, but the 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 fact that in a couple of weeks' time, Savio is getting quite the push on pay per view. Well, there's. That's that's part of like a cosmic thing that happened. We'll, we'll explain that in the weeks ahead, but uh, no, okay, that wasn't really the original plan, right? Turns, okay, let's just say catering was not entirely their fault, even though most of it was. Okay, that's fair. So this match is it's, it's as basic as it gets. I mean, we see that Savio has his name and the WF logo shaved into the back of his head. Yeah, I mean, more wrestlers should do that. Instead of having their name on their attire, just shave it into the back of their head. You know what? I'd rather have that than my own cameo. <laughs> For $50, Savio Vega will shave your name into the back of his head. <laughs> you know what the whole roster of the thing the wall? <laughs> hey, Vinny, leave us talent alone. <laughs> So this match is it's it's basic. I think Kendall was doing more than Savio actually. Mmm, Kendall mm. Chuck loads in here. And then we get a rather horrific botch when when Kendall's set into the ropes. Savio goes to catch him for ostensibly a side suplex, but Kendall kind of just cannonballs to the mat. Savio just lets him drop. Yeah, I was trying to ascertain sort of who buggered this up. <laughs> <laughs> was just it Savio or Kenny? Just crappy timing. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. I suppose, I suppose. So Savio re rebounds by hitting a few strikes, then puts on an octopus hold and wins via submission. That now, came out of nowhere. Yeah, I feel like this wasn't the most auspicious of debuts for one Savio Vega. I think that I, I, I've got no issue with bringing him in as like Caribbean legend Savio Vega. He's here to make an impact, here to make a, make changes, not make a difference. That's far too. More on that down the road. But I feel like someone like Savio needs an impact finisher rather than an octopus hold. I feel like he needs something which involves, and it doesn't have to be a complicated thing, a certain strike, like a running strike that is more in keeping than an octopus stretch. He will get one before long. Don't worry. That. Mm. That is in the pipeline. It's something that he used while he was Quang also. 
Right. Yeah, so. he did. But but Quang's a different person. Surely. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Not the same person. <laughs> He's the unlockable character in Raw on the 32X. <laughs> That's right. Because of reasons. We're Savage royalties. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for Quang. <laughs> Those are three words that have never been said in, in, in that sequence <laughs> in the history of time ever. <laughs> we have a, we have we get a diesel video package complete with theme music. And then this it, is it. so with the diesel thing. I want to drop this in from the Observer. WWF are stepping into the world of audiobooks this week, and they are planning to release an audio tape biography of Diesel along with Shawn Michaels, Lex Luger, and Razor Ramon. So children uh, can discover all about their favorite wrestlers whilst listening to their newfangled Walkmans. Did you ever own a wrestling audio cassette of any sort, Justin? I am just now learning of their existence, if they existed. Whether or not it's something they ended up doing, I don't know. uh, But I know it was something they planned. Please tell me Vince Vince is the narrator. (laughs) I would assume it would have been Todd Pettingill. I would assume it was. But um, I know they did cassettes that came with the theme music and stuff. It was part of uh, a a thing that you got with the catalogue. They did actually bring out um, audio cassettes, um, also videos of the wrestler biography. And the the audio cassettes they did bring out. I'm currently looking at one right now on eBay. Um, How much? Oh, wait, it's not eBay. It's Worth Point. What's Worth Point? Who should goes be, on Worth Point? Are you going to put a bid in? <gasps> should be worthless. Are you buying it? <laughs> I can't tell you. Um, I'm going to see if it's on eBay. I, there's part of me that thinks if it's on eBay, we should buy one. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could have to dig out my Walkman. Is but, there audio um, on YouTube you can find this? Someone just like uploaded like the soundtrack or whatever. No, but I kind of want to own the cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I own it. Well, yeah, Lucky Escape. Sadly, the only WWF audio cassettes that are on eBay are, and I quote, uh, "Slam Jam," the cassette for nine pounds eighty nine, and a Hulkamania workout cassette tape for eighteen quid. Tom, you need to buy that. And buy the audiobook biographies. Hope they all come in on the same day. And then call me. Just put me on in the background. Because I want to listen to you while you explain to Alex what these are and why you bought them. (laughs) (laughs) I think she'd be delighted. (laughs) Nothing would fill my heart with more joy than to see the look on her face when she realizes... You'll probably capture the moment where she finally goes, "Yeah, I think I think we're done. I think I've, I'm I'm gonna I'm leaving." Well, then we'll see. I can notarize it then. <laughs> you can put it in your book of famous wrestling moments <laughs> for future lists. In a betrayal on the level of Sean sending beefcake, <laughs> sending Marty through the window. Though some say Marty do through to escape, like a coward. Um, so. Um, after this god-awful diesel video, we get a promo from DiBiase, Tatanka, and Sid, who looks especially like Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage, as far as my AEW adult mind goes. He's quite a combo, isn't he? It's quite a heady combo, this boy. So this is Team Ted. 
Ted! Hey, Lola! Oh, Debussy was not as funny of a promo as a or announcer as Taz is. I can't sadly not. I can't see Debussy making Excalibur crack up during a show. Anyway, so Sid cuts starts off really good with his with his threats toward Diesel and Bigelow. He does the whispery thing. The pain that you felt at the beginning. It's not that bad. He does. He has, he has two volumes, top and bottom. <laughs> it's it started out like, like like real menacing, just him hovering over you with his teeth clenched, just letting you know that the end is near. And then he turns into big shouty Sid. I like him for that. It's a nightmare trying to to mix down that kind of audio. I would imagine. But I do like the the energy that it brings. Well, it's just so up and down. It's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard to get a beat on Sid when he's talking when he does that. I I want I I think there's room for a promo like this again. I really do. Like the the Sid style, whispery then loud, then whispery then loud. I think Drew Gulak could do it. Ooh, no, you spicy I, minks. I just picked a random name. I don't, I don't know if he could do it or not. I think he could. I think I think he could. Uh, I've, just sent you, I've, I've just sent you a message, which I think you'll appreciate. I'd like to check it whilst we are live. Oh, my God, you bought it. <laughs> I wonder whether we do it as a prize. Live admin. We might do it as a prize for the classic Raw review. What's second prize? Rabies? <laughs> <laughs> the second prize, the runner-up prize, is we send you the tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's first place. Everybody else was tied. They got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll update you on that very, very soon. How exciting. How hmm. exciting. Well, speaking of exciting times. One, I'll just, just, just to clarify it, um, I went with, out of the two cassettes, I went with WWF superstars sing Slam Jam as opposed to the Hogan workout. I don't think we need that kind of pressure on coming out of lockdown. So we're going to go with superstar Slam Jam. <laughs> Dance <laughs> with the taker. I should get it by Friday the 16th of April. <laughs> Come on. End of the week. What a treat. I'll take it to, I'll take it to the hairdresser oh, with me. <laughs> Oh, oh, this is the best week of your life. This is, mate, this... And it's only Monday! <laughs> and it's already... This week's already peaked. Every, everything's coming up, Tom House. Everything's coming up, Stock Aiken and Waterman. <laughs> well, speaking of exciting developments, we now see the body Don is backstage, and Skip is warming up by running the stairs of the back hallway to the second floor of the high school. So it's just like being at Smoky Mountain, as far as he's concerned. <laughs> Sonny cuts a promo. She narrates. It, it can't be said enough that, for as talented as Chris Candido was, he was outshined instantly by Tammy Such. Sonny is on another level it's, at this point. I mean, even getting past the part where she where she's this beautiful blonde wearing spandex, she's also a good promo. Mm. So she's gonna. So she's a double threat in that sense, aesthetically pleasing and extremely talented. Mm. She's everything they could want and. In, in an on-screen female. And, I and think she's going to get a lot of and, attention, and this, especially over the next couple of years. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. First time we've seen her on Raw, it's only the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
they make sure their flash door Pepsi that smiles because they're, you know, they're clean cut and they do things the right way. They're in great shape and they're and they're full of pizzazz, which which is enough to make, make the blue collars in the crowd hate them. Meanwhile, we got Barry plugging the King of the Ring shirt, which I would not wear no matter how much you paid me. You say Barry's plugging the King of the Ring shirt. No, Buy the King man, of the Ring this shirt. This is a good Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Barry. How bad is how bad is Barry Dudinsky to the point where Barry the Shark is called the Good Barry? <laughs> that's that's a shocking state of affairs. <laughs> He puts the dud in Dudinsky for sure. <laughs> John, <laughs> can we have Barry and Barry and Barry hanging out together, selling some shirts? I realise that we haven't worked here <laughs> so much this week, and we're about forty minutes in, and we haven't really worked you that hard. So we want Barry and Barry selling some shirts, please. In terms of energy, he makes Tom Phillips look like the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> the Diddler. <laughs> <laughs> In the cultaholic sense of the word. <laughs> we should, can I have that on a button? Can I have that on a button? Actually, <laughs> in the cultaholic sense of the word. Actually, actually Tom, I, I need you to buy this King of the Ring shirt so it, it can go to the third place winner. <laughs> it's a competition that nobody wants to enter. So Barry the Dud is plugging the shirt. And he's all Tom's going to spit up whatever he was drinking there. Barry the Dud! <laughs> you got the done. Stand up for yourself, done. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So Sonny and Skip come out. They pass Barry. They ins she insults him. Puts him in his place. Good job, Sonny. Skip versus... Barry Horowitz. No, it's not that match. I thought it might have been, judging by Vince's commentary throughout this. <clears throat> this is not the one. Mm -hmm. In the words of Bane, that comes later. 
That comes later. <laughs> so Sonny insults the crowd for being out of shape. And Skip's making light of how easy this match is, but then Harwood slugs him. And Vince ponders out loud if Harwood could possibly beat Skip. Yeah, they're building this moment. Do you think it was too soon to start kind of dropping that in there? Like teasing the fact that Barry might pick up a win? Do you think Even better, they didn't bring too... it up at all. Mm, I kind of wish they hadn't at all, which is why yeah. when he was going, ah, maybe this is the night that Barry Horowitz picks up a win. Like, Vince, why are you putting over Horowitz when the body donors are debuting? Like, yes. what? that's the, the, the joy of the Ramon one, two, three kid shock. Well, it's gone commentary. They talked about Ramon. They plugged the next week's show. They were sort of chatting amongst themselves. And then it happened. It was an like, afterthought. That was it, and that's how they should have treated this. Like Vince shouldn't be ad- shouldn't be acknowledging. Oh, hey, Barry might win. No, 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 another Barry, by the way. Uh, Barry might win. Like they should have acknowledged it. It should have just been, hey, taking our first look at Skip from the Body Donners, isn't he great? Later on, late- we're here from Jerry Lawler. Like they should have not had any acknowledgement of Barry Harwitz at all for extra. Yeah, it's- when you call attention to it, then it it, it it takes a bit of the emotional sting out of it. But anyway, so, but, but I will say it, it was it was hard not to put Barry over here because he kicked Skip's ass for most of this match. He did. He did. I mean, what a way to debut Chris Candido. And <laughs> we get a spot where, where Sonny yells at him and Barry kicks the rope near her head and she recoils. <laughs> and the crowd, the crowd sheared it. They're into it. They're into it. Well, that's... I, I, I think it's more of a credit to Sonny for just being so irritating on the floor, yelling and being obnoxious and and I mean she's she's beautifully hateable in what she does. So Harwood even hits a Luthez press. And I, I realize in my notes here that the only move I have Candido hitting it is the finish. When he hits a diving leg drop. <laughs> I mean, he was never gonna bring the blonde bombshell with it, was he? Um, you know, when you've got Diesel on the roster doing a power bomb, why are you gonna true. let this guy do a top rope power bomb. He did take it eventually from Marty Jannetty during a match. But he never had it as his own. Yeah. Which, Not which, the dub F anyway. Yeah. Which which is oddly ironic. Mm. Not the most impressive debut for Skip, but let's face it, it wasn't about Skip. It was mm. never about Skip. No. No. Sadly they're building to something else. Mm-hmm. We go to the King of the Ring report. Todd is tastefully dressed this week, and you know mm. he got a haircut. He got a haircut too. The mullet is gone. I wonder if that was pressure from the top. Well, I mean, he looks more conservative at this point <laughs> to relieve pressure from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how bad budget cuts. The business on top remained, but there, but there was no more no more party in the back. <laughs> Todd, basically, you can judge how well the company's doing based on Todd Pettingill's hair. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a constant allegory. So the fact that Todd turned up it, it last year for a pay per view suggests <laughs> that the company aren't doing great. <laughs> Stock hits zero. Todd's bald. <laughs> Todd, how you doing? I'm making my own underwear from sandwich bags. Good job, Todd. <laughs> he says with his brain exposed because the skin has been <laughs> cut away. Oh, yikes! It's a good number See, five there, Todd. You're looking hot. See from Hannibal where he <laughs> feeds Ray Liotta's own brain. 
John. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Tagged on Pettingill in it. <laughs> With an angry emoji. <laughs> so it looks like a threat. That might be problematic. Thomas <laughs> <laughs> had no sleep, everybody. I am so tired. <laughs> I had a I had a, a dribbly nap at about ten AM this morning after we after I'd done graded and put the news podcast out. I had a dribbly nap. And the one thing I dis I, I don't mind a daytime nap, but the one thing I detest is when it's a deep daytime nap, it's a deep sleep. You have that bit where you wake up and you feel like you're in the movie Memento because it's like, well, what's gone? Where, why, why, where am I? What's happened? I need to be somewhere. This is wrong. Something's not right. You, and then you, you know, go, oh no, it's fine. I you know what's effed up? When you fall asleep during the daytime and wake up after dark and you don't know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Very confusing. Well, you, you did hit record, so that's good. I just double checked. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> All of our good bands. I I don't believe like Touchwood. That's that's only happened once. It wasn't with you. It was with an interview with the lovely folks at Main Event Candles, who do wrestling themed candles. Did this whole lovely chat with him for twenty minutes, and then I had to go. Hi, I didn't press record. So would you mind calling back and just doing all that again? And bless them, they were up for it and they were fine. Uh, I'm a professional. I was gonna say, did he punch in the stomach uh, the way he should have? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so, so Todd and, and 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 his snappy haircut talk about the King of the Ring card, which is not so snappy. <laughs> we, we got Diesel Bigelow versus Sid and Tatanka in a match that I'm sure sounded good on to somebody at some point. <laughs> it's a good idea at the time. And then we get a discussion of the tournament, which Todd has the balls to compare to March Madness. <laughs> <clears throat> the fantasy on this man as he talks about this tournament and fantasy books the first round. Like, Todd, why are you threatening us with a good time by <laughs> by offering potentially interesting developments in the tournament? We know that's not what's going to happen. This is like when someone fantasy books a pay-per-view on Reddit and, <laughs> and it's like everyone, like all ideal scenarios and creative ideas and all I can think is, you must be new here. <laughs> apparently, this pay per view. Apparently, this pay per view was booked on Dreadit. This is not March Madness. This is this is June sadness. <laughs> I've got that summertime, summertime sadness. I got that summertime. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what a way to start the summer. Rather than school. <laughs> so Mabel versus Undertaker. Shawn Michaels right. versus Kama. Bob Holly versus the Roadie, who qualified by beating Doink. <laughs> and Razor Ramon faces the winner of our next match. And interesting note here, Todd actually calls the Roadie Road Dog. I didn't spot that. And sort of like a, like a, a playful sort of nicknamey kind of way. Ooh. Up against the road dog. Oh, interesting. So Todd's a little, little foreshadow. So Todd's actually uh, kind of a seminal moment in wrestling history here. The first use of road dog in WBF parlance. I was I was too drawn drawn by as Todd was talking about the King of the Ring bracketology, 
and saying that, hey, we could have a situation where Savio and Ramon have to face each other. Two friends have to fight it out because once you're eliminated, you're gone. Quote, it's going to be fabulous. Like, it's just a weird way to describe two mates fighting in a tournament. Fabulous. It's going to be fabulous, darling. (laughs) This was the opposite of fabulous. (laughs) It certainly was. And we get the kiss my foot match with the foot base graphic spread on one side, lower on the other. And there's a big underside of a foot toes billowing toward the sky in between the two of them. As, as Bret Hart pulls out his contract and starts searching for escape clauses. <laughs> this was an affront to dignity. It really was. And so that is your King of the Ring card with one spot still open. But don't worry, because either Owen Hart or Davy Boy Smith's going to go to the tournament and make it just a little bit better. So we have oh, that. Oh, that's going. good then. That's good. I'm glad these two are fighting because there's no way they'll uh, they'll let uh, you know if if Owen Hart and Bulldog are in the tournament, either of them are great. That's fine. Um, speaking of Owen and Bulldog, we go we go to this match now, and okay, I've never seen this before in my life. <laughs> this, this, is, this is new to you. Well, no, 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 not the match, not the match. Just how they did this. You see, the rest of tonight's proceedings were filmed at the Struthers High School in Struthers, Ohio. This match was filmed three weeks earlier (laughs) at the end of In Your House. And slide. So, okay, I didn't do do my Charlie Day, Pepe, <laughs> Sylvia letters posted to the wall sort of conspiracy theory mental crap. Go on. Go on, then. You're going to be in better shape than I am in five minutes. Okay. What I think happened <laughs> is they decided that match was too good not to use. So decided to insert it as it, like, it wasn't announced as a qualifying match that night like, in, in, in your house. It was just done as like an extra match at the end of a two-hour pay-per-view as something else to give the fans. They chose to slot it into Raw and just called it a qualifying match. Because, well, the ending is going to lead to something else. So they figured, it's throwaway anyway. We're putting a good match on TV. Why not just do it this way? I mean, that's a good theory. That's a good theory. And it's a case of just utilizing the content that you've got. Also, I think it was done this way because Vince has always been about making everything look big even when it's not big so the idea of monday night raw coming from two locations oh yes we haven't mentioned that so hmm. this is a radically different building that the owen boy is taking place in this is up in syracuse and they have a different commentary team jr and monsoon so it's like there's two shows going on at once they give that impression and that makes and and you know what without having all that prior knowledge of all this it makes Raw to the casual audience feel big. Like, whoa, so that's happening live in Syracuse, but the, and that's also happening live at the same time in Ohio. Like, what? This is crazy. This is a busy, no, what, a, what a big company. I will subscribe to your newsletter. Remember when the Quebecers regained the belts from Janetti and Kid up at Madison Square Garden during an episode of Raw? And they had Stan Lane calling in to give updates. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, they look, I think Vince likes the whole, I think Vince likes the idea of co-locating. It very rarely works. Mm. It very rarely goes well. Mm. Like, they tried it for the 1,000th episode of Raw. Was it the 1,000th episode? I think yes. it was, wasn't it? No, no. 
25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary of Raw. That was it, yeah. It was, and mm. they did, they co-located from the arena and from the Hammerstein Ballroom. And great concept and, and great to watch on TV. Live audience weren't that impressed in the Hammerstein, to be honest. They got maybe two matches and a DX NWO bit. And that's it. And that's what but you I paid mean, for. But I mean, this era, it just feels strange. Mm. It's just like, like, we're so big, we could be in four high schools at once. <laughs> we can spread our roster up to four times. <laughs> Actually, we can't. We need, we need to downgrade. But this, so this match was taped. This is an old match. Dusted mm-hmm. off, repurposed, played on Raw. Now, Justin Henry, do you know, whilst this was going on, because Raw is live from Ohio as this mm-hmm. is happening. So there's this 15, 16 minute gap in the middle for people in Ohio. But they aren't going hungry, sir. No, siree. They've got themselves a match to watch. Would you like to know about the match that Ohio were watching whilst we were watching this? I'm almost afraid to guess. Okay. Oh, no. It's, it's, you know what? Okay. Here's, here is the, uh, the lowdown from one Dave Meltzer. What was more interesting than the location of the Owen Hart David Boy Smith match was what was happening in Struthers at the time this was being aired. The biggest news was the debut of Chris Benoit in a dark match as a tryout. WWF had been hot for Benoit for months, but if Benoit was to go to Titan, he'd have to give up his long-term job with New Japan. So this was a chance for Benoit to come in, have a little feel for working in the WWF and see how he likes it. And him and Bob Holly had themselves a 15-minute match in Ohio while this was going on. Now, virtually none of the fans knew, knew who Benoit was, but he was described as the most impressive wrestler on the show. Despite the fact that the finish was botched and they had to redo it, Apart from that, there was a lot of love for Benoit from a technical point of view who seemed to impress the fans there. So, whilst we're watching Owen and Davey on telly in Ohio, it's the flipping Raw debut of Chris Benoit. I did not know that. Wow. Nice little factoid, isn't it? I mean, I knew he had tryout matches in that period. I just didn't know that that one took place during all this. Um, Mm, Good. I remember remember Brett saying in his memoirs that he couldn't understand why they didn't hire Benoit in 95. Him and Owen were traveling with him at that point. And the Benoit just impressed, and they just didn't bring him in. Although I shudder to think what kind of gimmick he would have had. Oh no, because he was short, wasn't he? I mean, he was he was shorter than the average roster member. Mm. Whether or not they'd have done something sort of played on that, you don't know. Still, imagine ninety-five Benoit versus ninety-five Sean. Oh, Jesus! It's a terrifying idea. Oh, that would have been. Yeah. Might have obliterated a few uh, asterisk scales there. <laughs> That's a different multiverse, sadly. Not the one that we live in, I'm afraid. We've got well, Bulldog and Owen Hart. Yes, we have to settle <laughs> Warmed for up Owen cold cuts. <laughs> yes. So, mass sequences begin, a lot of arm locks. Bulldog gets a nice military press. A lot of work on the arm, especially early in this match. Bulldog milks the suplex for a while before finally lifting Owen up into it. Great elevation as usual. And Monsoon says, Monsoon tells us that you had to get through three top stars to become king. Sure, that's one way. Keep that in mind in a few weeks. Remember that. So Owen takes her with a knee lift. They go to commercial, and Monsoon is aghast at the idea of going to break during a match, even though he's been calling such matches for years on Wrestling Challenge and Primetime Wrestling and, well, you know. 
Yeah, I'm intrigued as to why now they seem to be flustered by the idea. Yeah. Monsoon was not good in 95. I'll just be honest here. He was much more shouty and ab- like, 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 like everything, everything is just worth yelling about. Like, there's, there's no more subtlety in his voice at all. No. We get a spinning heel kick, and Bulldog takes an awkward bump off it. Like, he spins it the wrong way and then finally falls. Then we get a scary back suplex after, after Owen has a sleeper on Bulldog. Bulldog gets out with a back suplex and just almost all Japan style just drops Owen right on his head. Then Bulldog hits a perfect plex. Gets two out of it. Busted that bad boy out. Jared notes that several other athletes have used that move. How about you name one, Jim? <laughs> I know he's persona yeah, non perfect. <laughs> I know he's persona non grata right now, but come on. Now I should point out that this match is going on for a while, and in fact, they're now under two minutes remaining in the time limit. As we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, Bulldog applies the Romero special. That's that rocking horse surfboard move. His shorts were down for two though, so he breaks it. Bulldog gets the power slam, but Owen gets a foot on the rope. Now it's near Fall City, cradle for two. Monsoon's counting us down. We're under one minute in his in, in his dramatic, most dramatic voice. Lots of near falls at the end. Owen gets a backslide, but time expires. Owen insists he won, but they announce that this match is a draw. But Owen keeps insisting that he won. Oh well, time limit draw. Mm. So, so now, well, I, mean, yeah, I figured they'll just you know because two years ago, Perfect and Doink had a bunch of draws. So they just kept facing each other for the spot. So I assume we'll get a Bulldog and rematch, and then all will be hunky-dory, and we'll have a good wrestler in the tournament to help balance things out. Vince tells us that Jack Tunney is scrambling as we speak. No, he's not. He's not. They're waking him up. They tried, <laughs> they tried, ring, they tried ringing him four times. They just keep getting the answer phone. The number you've called is not available right now. Furthermore, <laughs> leave a message after the toast. Tony sleeps standing up. He's like a, like a parakeet. <laughs> Hi, you've reached the mobile phone of Jack Tuddy. Mobile if phone? <laughs> if I owe you. <laughs> Hello, you've reached the telegram phone of one Jack Tuddy. If I owe you money, this isn't Jack Tuddy. This is Haley Steingrad. Please find another number. Thanks for calling. If I don't owe you money and you like a decision on a King of the Ring qualifying round draw, press two now. <laughs> Furthermore, I'll call you back. <laughs> Unequivocally. <laughs> He's <used> all these <laughs> words. <laughs> it is my decision that if you think this message is important, leave it. And if I think it's important, I will call you back. <laughs> on the so, take, Tony, get a shout out. So in the meantime, while Jack Tony's apparently making a pot of coffee and, <laughs> and, and, and muttering under his breath about having to work on Tuesday morning, this, you know he has like the Scrooge nightcap with a little fuzzy ball at the end of it. <laughs> you know by now he's 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 walked into the kitchen and just gone, <sighs> <laughs> holding his candle. <laughs> Trying to light the pilot. <laughs> Burn, you pilot. <laughs> no, I need to fly this plane. Uh, <laughs> Who are you? I'm I'm the ghost of bad booking present. 
<laughs> Why is Vince the ghost of bad booking past, present, and future? <laughs> is he? Hey, how did this miss Carol? <laughs> <laughs> so, in the meantime, we have a Lawler vignette from his kingly perch. A couple of Vestal virgins at his side, along with was that like a knight or something sitting near him? It looked like a knight, like a royal knight protecting the king. Okay. Lawler's barefoot and he forms us he has not washed his feet in two weeks. And he won't wash them until after the King of the Ring because he wants to make sure that they're as corned and calloused and dingy as possible when Brett lays his lips on him after their match at King of the Ring. There's a lot of foot stuff in this show. It certainly is. There's a lot of it. How do we feel about the kiss by foot match as a concept? It's comical, but if it leads to the heel getting his comeuppance, then it's fine. Yeah, fair shout. It's uh, so so. Brett comes out for his interview. He gets he gets a pseudo jobber entrance, which is not a, which is not a good sign. Although in fairness, the match did go 15 minutes before this. Mm-hmm. So Brett's ranting and raving while Lawler puts his bare foot on the table just to taunt Brett. So now that someone's got to scotch guard that table now. Um, Brett says no. <laughs> Brett, Brett says that nobody remembers how Lawler beat him. It was three weeks ago, so he may have a point in this company. It does. It does tend to move very quickly. I'm seeing fans and their goldfish memories. It's like no one remembers that happened. Like I was a heel last week. And nobody remembers that. Just get out there and cut this promo. <laughs> so, Brett says he's rededicating this match to everyone that he let down, and they, and vows to shove Lawler's own foot down his throat. This was fine. I like the video. I like the video. And it'll probably be the album art for the podcast by now. I like the the two-way camera they insisted on doing with Mm -hmm. Bret Hart in the one and Jerry Lawler with his manky foot right in the the lens on the the other one. The manky foot of Jerry Lawler. I've never heard manky in my life. Have you never heard the word manky? No. It kind of means just like grim and disgusting. Okay, manky. I like that word. I I may have to use it more. Yeah, dirty and unpleasant. Uh, used in a sentence, the man in the manky Macintosh, if you want to do. Manky is a good word. I'll have to put that word in some scripts to impress Adam. Yeah, do it. You'll go, oh, impressive parlance there. <laughs> that naff. Naff. Naff's a good one. Are there any other English words or British words that um, you discovered working for Cultaholic and you tried to adapt into your own parlance? Um, The first half, I've discovered them. second half, no. Okay. <laughs> I do like grotty though. That's a good word. Grot is a good word. Grot is a good word. <laughs> we 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 are good at coming up with words that <laughs> signify something horrible in the <laughs> over here. <laughs> Must be a lot of inspiration over there. I liked Pax's use of the word rotten in a promo a while ago. I know it's not it's a British word. But when he did the promo for AEW and he said, left on the other side of the Atlantic, just another casualty in this rotten world. I'm like, oh, I like the way you said that. I like that. That was nice. Very Shakespearean. Pack yeah. Pack is like a, a Geordie Shakespeare. <laughs> I like how he's angry all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's funny because the Geordies are generally lovely. Gen- would would always help you speak as you find very polite normally lovely and chatty and friendly and there's pack who is just like like a ball of all anger 
<laughs> wrapped wrapped up in a Greg's bag. <laughs> it's he's a, he's a treat. He really is. Have him do graded. Oh, I'm giving this an F. A <laughs> rotten segment. It was the opening montage of the music and all that. <laughs> it, it and then the now feature. forever part. I don't like it. <laughs> it's forever an F. How you like that? <laughs> <laughs> They're telling me it's forever. <laughs> I'm not interested. It's upgraded. It's degraded. <laughs> With Denigrated. I, I would watch that every week. Do you know what? That might be what we do. Now Graded's finished. That might be what we do. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Do you know what? As long as it's some other bastard watching Raw every week, that's fine with me. Somebody messaged me saying, uh, and it was lovely, and, and, and thank you for it. Um, somebody sent me a message saying, I want to start a petition to keep Raw graded. And I said, please don't. <laughs> please don't. That's fine. The sound of you ha- saved maybe hours. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm fine. And honestly, I'm o- it's it's absolutely fine. I don't don't start a petition. <laughs> I don't want to watch Raw anymore. <laughs> Said Jack the Jobber. It's packed the upper Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm packed the curtain, Jerker. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. First first match or last match? They're always the well, best places to be. We we go from all the foot stuff. To a match that involves a man with foot in his nickname. And I was very happy to see this because I was not expecting this at all. Jean-Pierre Lafitte versus, and I, I didn't mean Lafitte there. I mean, I'm talking Thunderfoot Jerry Flynn. Yes! That, that is the bit that I was excited about. Oh, I, my I God. Was, I was up for seeing Jean-Pierre until I realized his opponent was it Jerry Flynn. Like, yes! Flynn popping up. Oh, William Brenneman. Popping up on Monday Night Raw. This is Get a match in there, lad. This is a match you would see in Game Changer today. Do you know what? This is this is a Joey Jella spring break match. This is. ECO versus Thunderfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't booked during the collective, to be honest with you. Everybody else was. For those of you who have Just never seen Jerry amazing. Flynn, Jerry Flynn was WWE's answer to Steve Blackman. He was. Oh, my God. Why has no one booked Flynn versus Blackman? Flynn would die. Yeah, but what a way to go. <laughs> no offense to Flynn, but Steve Blackman is like the scariest person not named Haku on the planet. Flynn was right, part of... All right, Blackman Haku. <laughs> oh, my Who'd God. Win? Who'd win? I think we'd all win. Well, there'd be casualties, but it wouldn't be those two. <laughs> That's the Godzilla Kong of wrestling matches. Oh, my God. Black... Right, I know GCW. Now I know that sometimes people from GCW listen. Hi, Effie. I hope you're listening. Um, Effie, if you've got any pull, can we please have Haku versus Steve Blackman at a GCW show? <laughs> Brett Lauderdale, if you're listening, mate. Brett, slide into me DMs. Give us an answer. Are we doing Haku and Blackman or what? You ever read the comic book where where Doomsday killed Superman? Remember all the carnage oh. all over Metropolis? That's what it would look like. Gee, oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here <laughs> for it. We're talking buildings okay. and rubble. <laughs> Collateral damage out the wazoo. It'd just be... It, I mean, I mean, the, the, uh, imagine, imagine them putting that match on and them saying, oh, the weather is stopping the match. No way. <laughs> oh, Christ. Could you imagine? They put on a show. Jesus, they'll be putting on a show in Tampa. Headline by Blackman versus Haku in a thunderstorm. 
Haku would stare the storm away. <laughs> oh, he would actually. <laughs> it would create this Jesus. giant. It would create this standoff that looks like a giant vortex that just destroys us all. Except for Haku. Haku becomes the Earth. <laughs> Christ. Oh, that's a dream, that is. That is a dream. Brett Bucket. John! <laughs> send this send a picture to Brett Lauderdale of the poster for Haku versus Blackman and just say, Go on, lad. <laughs> you know what you need to do. I've to already the, designed the poster. To the death of everybody else. Until <laughs> <laughs> the world ends, which will be Wednesday. <laughs> Haku throws Blackman, Blackman lands in Ohio. <laughs> It's like, the, it's like the Action Comics number one cover. Well, Blackman's a car now. Uh, Haku, Haku throws Blackman, and Blackman lands eventually. It's like a Transformers movie, but good. Oh, God. Michael Michael Bay directs. <laughs> Why are there explosions? Oh, Haku throws a VAT kick. <laughs> They, they felt it in London. Pig Ben fell down. <laughs> I mean, Haku can't throw bubbles of ble- blow bubbles of beef jerky, so he can make anything happen. I swear to God, everyone listen to this. That if you if you're not excited by the idea of Haku and Blackman in a fight to the death, then you clearly haven't got a pulse. <laughs> well, for now, think of anything finer. For now, set off for PCO versus Flynn, which, de- which definitely could happen today. No entrance for either, sadly. Mm. But Flynn was showing off the Thunder Feet early on here. Just around kick after kick at that, the pirate. So the Feet responds with a leaping Savat kick. And then a flipping Senton. Which, which, which the crowd loved, by the way, onto the floor. I mean, Flynn was on the outside. Lafitte runs all the way. He's 300 pounds. Runs up, cuts the flip over the top of it, and lands right on Flynn. That just looks frightening. You say a flipping Senton, but no, I know what you mean by, because he performs a flip. But again, we, on the subject of British language and parlance and slang, if I was to say, he did a flipping center. Okay. <laughs> it has okay. a very different different cadence to it. Okay, a somersault senton planche. How's that? Flip. No, I know. I think, no, you were right. He did a flipping senton. <laughs> you, you were right. I agree with you. He did a flipping senton. Okay, so I'm writing more than one sense. He did a, he cut a front flip over the top rope, a 300-pound man. It was more in agile than he sense, ever got credit for. In every sense, it was a flipping center. <laughs> Crowd loved it, too. Yeah. He even did a little pose. He went, hey! He yeah. briefly became the top face in the company. Mm. Hey! Mm. <laughs> we learned during this match that... In this match, there's only, only 90 seconds, unfortunately. We learned that Tony has announced that instead of having Owen and Bulldog face off once more to settle the draw, they're going to have their respective partners face off in the qualifying match instead next week. Lex Luger versus Yokozuna. How does that work? Christ. This is this is basically now with this, this match in at this set of tapings, this match has already happened. Yes. Right? This was the Luger versus Yokozuna opened this set of tapings in Ohio. So it's already happened. And that plus the whole Brett and Owen thing. This is like that scene from Apollo 13 when they empty out just the, the, the stuff on the table and go, right, we've got to make oxygen masks out of this. <laughs> like, this is what WWE have done right. We've got these matches. We've got to get to that King of the Ring. How do we do it? 
How, no. what, what really round the house's creative way can we do this? Well, they found a, a unique solution. Mm -hmm. They took the scenic route to, to get to the end here. In the meantime, Flynn is dead to rights. Oh. Pierre has him down. He does the really cool heart rip gesture that I wish someone would do again. Makes a slash with his hands. And then he actually he reaches down and pulls your heart, still being heart right out of your chest, which I thought was a badass uh, pose there. Somebody's a... It's also the finish to Haku versus Blackman. <laughs> and Pierre goes up top, gets the heaviest swanton bomb you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the ring was going to cave in. It's like somebody set gravity to to 10 <laughs> as he was mid-flight. He just, like, like with the, in the, with the graces of love, like a sack of potatoes, just hit the earth. <laughs> you don't want that landing on you. This was the Thelma and Louise car going over the canyon. <laughs> and, yeah, so he lands with a thud on Flynn, gets the pin. That was an effective squash match. Mm. Literally, he squashed him at the end. Absolutely. Uh, a lovely, lovely match to see. A lovely match to see. I wish it gone longer. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, outside the arena, the blimp is still hovering overhead. It's it's now night. It's complete darkness. You pan down. Bob back on is still campaigning with nobody standing out there. He's talking to ghosts, basically. <laughs> he's got a little tiny flashlight that shines his face like he's telling a ghost story. There was um, There was an episode of Father Ted... Um, here in the UK. I don't know how familiar you are with the sitcom about the cloth, Father Ted. And there's, there's an episode where Father Ted wins the Golden Cleric Award uh, for services to Jesus. So he does this speech and he starts talking and everybody's involved and, every, and he's kind of getting every, all this bitterness off his chest in this speech for the Golden Cleric. And everybody's into it at the beginning, and then they get less so and less so. And then they kind of fade out and fade back, and it's night time. There's three people there. He's still on the stage, and he goes, right, let's move on to the liars. The <laughs> 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 and he's just been going all night. That's what that reminded me of, Father Ted and the Golden Cleric Award. I'll send you the link to it so you can see. It's basically what Bob Backlund did here. <laughs> I love the little flashlight. Like, he's got all those faces in the until, like... And then Vince came to me and said, I want you to put Hogan over. And, and he's expecting everyone to scream like, oh, then what happened? Then I said, I'll put Sheik over instead because he has an amateur background. <laughs> no! <laughs> and then there was no more role for me because they wanted to push muscle men. <gasps> no! <laughs> <laughs> Backlund wakes up in a cold sweat. Oh, 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 more a nightmare. So that happened. Next that week. The, uh, next week. So it's so we got Yoko and Luger next week. Yes. Bammy and Bigelow's in action. Man Mountain Rock. God, it's all the super heavy heavyweights on the show next week. It's a big, big boy slapping meat next week. Beef fest. <laughs> Beef mania. Yes. Laura's going to show off a training video. We go back outside the back on who is still ranting. Vince asks him, Vince brings up Man Mountain Rock, and Backlund takes exception to him being there because Backlund hates rock music. Because apparently this is this is Footloose. Um, well, that's our next feud then, isn't it? Backlund and Man Mountain Rock. See, another foot joke, Footloose. Nice. Liked it. Meanwhile, we have a Luger Yoko video package ready to go that we cobble together in apparently four minutes because 
Tony just made the announcement. You know, in case Owen Borg had a tie or something, then... And they 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 just have it. They have they have all these saved, like how like we we had all those tapes ready for when Prince Philip passed away. We just pop them in and go, hey, look, we had all this ready to go. Like we've got in the event of Luger and Yoko going one more time, that video's good to go. They can just drop it in. <laughs> Except nobody was chanting one more match in this case. <laughs> nobody was chanting one more match. Anyone else? Anyone else? <laughs> no more matches. No so, more matches. So we get a combo video for both men. Where they take a little bit of time to bury Hogan by showing Yoko beating him clean. Where, and by clean, I mean, I mean, they ignore the part where the cameraman shot the fireball at him, Alexa Bliss style. No, just straight to the bit where Yoko pinned Hogan with no help whatsoever. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. They showed Luger giving Yoko the same body slam that Tamina gave Nia Jax at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then they show the bus and they play I'll Be Your Hero. As we're now using this to put over a King of the Ring qualifying match. And, and also, right, you're doing all that, not, and, and let, you're trying to get Lex Luger over in this match against Yokozuna. Like, hey, can he do it this time? Can he finally beat Yokozuna? What does he win if he beats him? Nothing! His tag partner goes on in the King of the Ring! No, 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 no. No, no, if Luger, no? If Luger wins, he's in the tournament. If Yoko wins, he's in the tournament. Owen and Bulldog are out. <gasps> Oh, oh, my apologies. I miss, I misread that. I thought they were fighting on behalf no. of Owen and Bulldog. No, now they have a chance. Ah. Owen, Owen and Bulldog are now out of the picture altogether. Well, that makes more sense then. That mm. kind of makes more sense. So in, I mean, instead of having a you know, speedy, zippy Owen Hart or technically competent Davy Boy in this tournament, we're either getting Yoko who tires after three minutes or Luger who is Luger. Is unmotivated at this point, especially so. A, a very Luger Luger. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, because on next week's show, Lex Luger's going to have a flag bearer that is a very interesting man. Oh. If you think Jerry Flynn was your great WCW undercard moment from this taping, you ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Well, that's for next week on the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. And until we gather again, uh, we'll do that then. That was an interesting episode of Raw, uh, just to, to look back on it. I mean, you had a pointless match from another location. <laughs> now completely pointless from another location. Um, a lot of debuts in there, some mixed messages, and a lot of foot stuff. All the foot stuff. It was kind of 95 in a nutshell. (laughs) Just plenty of foot stuff. And until we meet next week for more classic more review shenanigans, he is at JRH Writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. (laughs) We are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. (gasps) Furthermore, if I owe you money... Love you, bye. (laughs) Very tired. (laughs) That's quite all right. It's six o'clock your time. Go lay down. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 